there is an undeniable thrill when at the end of a day, and especially a long day, I like to go straight out to the chicken run just to check on everything. Yeah. It's nice to have them like central in our backyard. And a lot of time, ooh, a cardinal on your oh, greenhouse. Oh, they've been so beautiful. Because you get these, the trees with no leaves on them. Does the recent freeze and all that well, give... Well, all the birds are looking for food right now. Yeah. And of course, it's like been nice weather, but also we're about to have a drop in temperatures again. So everybody's busy right now. Well, the chickens, when I walk toward them at the end of the day, mm -hmm. they see food giving thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they rush to the corner where the gate is toward me. They rush. Some of them run, and that's the funniest thing ever. And then some of them fly as hard as they can because chickens yeah, don't yeah, fly yeah. too well <laughs> yeah. toward that corner. And they congregate, and I walk in, and they're all around me. It's one of my favorite things out here. I spent half the day standing at a gate keeping sheep from going out the gate while my dad used the tractor to go in and out of the gate while we built a new garden. It's interesting. Those sheep have affected the way the gate works. They're super great. Like mm. the whole time they were just like hanging out right by me. They just wanted to be pet. So I was like petting them and, but then they'd like run up on top of the hill and then they'd kind of butt at each other and then they'd get bored with us for a little while. And so they'd go off somewhere else. But while they were there, they got, had my attention the entire time. So it's really nice to have these animals all out here in the nice I'm, days we've been having. I'm driving Savannah back and forth from school right now. So I picked her up and when she got in the car, she heard that I was in the middle of a, I don't know, 45 minute long conversation with a Dorper sheep farmer that our Turkey Hollow friends put us in touch with. Yep. And he answered a lot of questions. Good. He might be a source to get our lady sure. sheep when it's time. Yeah. yeah. He's invited us out to his place to see his whole setup. Love it. I'm excited. Look, a chicken up on the gate. That's a new one. She doesn't usually get up there. We're surrounded in wildlife. I know. Well, in something. In uh, farm life. Sheep shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we have the last of the piles of the materials that we purchased over the last, I don't know, 18 months in order to build some of the gardens that we've built out here. And we were moving it around the other day because we're getting ready to build a trap area for the sheep. Right. I told my dad after he moved it around a couple times, I was like, hey, we should build a new garden so I can put my potatoes in because that's kind of a thing I like to do. But also, I had originally intended not to build a new garden this year. I remember. But I lost a garden this year because of some neighbor choices that I don't even really want to talk about. I'm just okay. like, Bleh, but I can't use that garden anymore. And the way building a new garden around here works is that I chat with my dad about it, talk to you a little bit about it, and we pick a day in usually February, January, depending on when you have the time during those times to build a new garden. And I had an old hugaculture bed, which is exactly how I made the one in the backyard. Mm -hmm. And my dad had really done a lot, put a lot of good stuff in that hugaculture bed up there in the front and actually even has some water connections where I could put a line in the garden. So the materials that we were using were sand, some topsoil that we'd gotten. Somebody was doing some work on some land over here. It's Heavy clay, but some decent topsoil. I mean, if you're going to find any it's good topsoil. It's fill dirt and you put nice stuff in with it. I right. Yeah. And then we mixed in that really good um, cow manure compost that we get from New Earth. I'm really excited about it. Now, it's going to be several weeks before that project is completed. But um, the first thing that I'm going to put in it is the potatoes that you brought home yeah. to me today. So I'm actually really excited because... In January, I've got potatoes to go in the ground and a place to put them. I didn't realize until after I met you how potatoes are 
put into the ground and planted. Okay. I didn't realize until I met you how many, many, many things were put into the ground and planted. But I was at the nursery today and you asked me to pick up some potatoes if they had them. Yeah. And actually last year, remember I went in kind of late to get potatoes mm, we had and to go, yeah. I had to go over, which those potatoes did okay. I wouldn't mind picking up a few more of those too, but we From were the there in store. time. We were there in time. I yeah. got them. I'm like, y'all, I'm so excited. So the way that potatoes works is you slice them and all you have to have is an eye in order to plant Mm -hmm. it. And you slice them, but you want them to not rot super fast. You want them to go ahead and sprout before the potato rots. Okay. So a good way to help with that is to seal the cuts with ash. So the way you do that is you just throw the potatoes that are cut in ash from your winter fire season and you toss them around and then you leave it for a few days so that it just kind of gets the chance to kind of like scab. scab. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And so then when you go in to plant your potatoes, you actually dig out a trench and you can, you know, even pour some more ash down inside the trench with the potatoes. It's good for them. Maybe some more sand, you know, some other things down in the trench if you want to. But um, I like to plant potatoes in brand new beds because, and the reason you go to the nursery to buy potatoes is because potatoes carry blight really easily. There's also other types of problems with using non-organic grocery store potatoes to plant your potatoes. So you need to get um, seed potatoes basically from, I don't know if you'd call it a certified, but a clean source. I have used over the years, there's organic fingerling potatoes my favorite nursery is Ideal. That's the place I want to get them from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, this is a big day of the year. Yeah. You, know? you always like to build a new garden. Yeah. You said, I'm not going to do one this year. And I thought, yeah. hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of depends on whether or not I have the, like, stamina, manpower to get it all done. The harvesting is the part that takes the longest. It seems like seed planting and weeding and all that. But like the way I do that stuff, that's, that's what you do after the freeze. You know, that's, you you clean it, you get it all ready. You start over again. I don't do a ton of that kind of work. I plant, that's fun. Then I harvest and harvest and harvest, right? So how much time do I have to build a new bed? And am I getting everything I need out of my other beds? You know, and what's the intention of this next garden? What is it doing next? The garden in our backyard, I'm asking you to put a lot more trellises in because I'm going to start using our backyard garden as our main trellising garden. This garden is a garden that can be tended closely. Anyways, it's that time of year, you guys, where I'm getting my garden beds ready and I'm moving in the direction of my spring garden. And last year's spring garden was a letdown because it was a drought year. So I'm really excited to see what happens this year. We haven't had unanswered questions for a little while. Yeah, that's kind of odd. (laughs) We must be talking a bit more philosophically and less authoritatively about things that you can look up. (laughs) I don't know if this is a philosophical question or not. You tell me. I gonged you this week when you started talking about Qigong. Mm Mm-hmm. What it sounded like you were talking about is what I call or what I know to be Tai Chi. I've done neither of these two things, but you see people doing Tai Chi at the park, maybe, you know, slow movements. So when you described Qigong, I looked up for my own use, the difference between Tai Chi and Qigong. 
And what did you learn? Because I didn't know the answer to the question, really. I mean, the people that I follow on YouTube, they do a little bit of both. They call it Qigong, when they're, but every once in a while they'll say, like, oh, this is the Tai Chi walk, or, like, they'll show you this is a Tai Chi move, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So. No, I'm reading from a website. Okay. I just mean these aren't my words. <laughs> Tai Chi is a system of exercise and movement developed long ago as a martial or training art that is now widely used for health and wellness. It can be practiced by almost anyone in any situation. Okay. Often known as moving meditation, Uh Tai Chi is a series of slow, gentle motions that are patterned after movements in nature. Yeah. Most of the work is performed while standing and taking small steps. Yeah. I think a lot of the stuff I do that is Qigong, I mean, it's, it's very similar. Like in Qigong, we do... The swan and the bear that's punching a piece of wood. And I'm like, there's all kinds of different ways of different animal things that are going on in Qigong. Well, this same author who has credentials. (laughs) Has some credentials? Yeah, she's got some letters by her name. (laughs) Says that Qigong is an internal process that has external movements. Yes, an internal process that has external movements. That's interesting. Chi means life force. Yeah, moving the energy. Is the energy is. that powers our body and spirit. Yeah. So she says chi is the type of energy that makes us feel alive and help us experience emotions. Exactly. Gong is the term meaning work or gather. Chi gong together means a form of movement and mind using intention and mindfulness to guide chi to make chi work. That's the reason why I started doing it was because I was encouraged to start moving energy through my body because I was getting stagnant. I was having stagnancy in my liver, in my joints, in my uterus, in my throat. Like I'm having places where my body is acting like it's stagnant. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the puzzle pieces, if you will. This this is becoming the like theme of my life right now. Okay. I've got all these puzzle pieces and here are some things that have happened in my life and here's some things that I can do to help with that. And some of these puzzle pieces don't fit in the puzzle at all. And so we need to literally like just let those go, get rid of them, throw them away, whatever, so that we can put together the puzzle. And Qigong has been introduced to me and I've begun doing Qigong every morning, every morning. And then if I think about it when I'm with a group of people, I might say, hey, you want to do some Qigong? Yeah, garden on Monday, we do Qigong. And so I would love to learn some Tai Chi also. I'm up for meditative movement. You see, I'm a Sagittarius. I'm very like physical. I'm very like athletic. It's a part of my nature to move. And I'm philosophical and spiritual. So I do these meditations. I have these contemplative things, right? So how do you best take an athletic body and a philosophical mind and put them to use. Well, these types of meditative walking or energy movement, things like that, yoga even for that matter, the way that yoga flows is really good way for my being to be active. Gardening, of course, like that's my, that's my source. Qigong is often referred to as the internal portion of Tai Chi. Its physical expression is characterized by stationary movements that are repeated a certain number of times, such as three or six or nine times. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of like twisting and stretching and swinging and tapping and things like that. I appreciate that daily practice. Second unanswered question. Mm-hmm. I made some green tomato salsa because mm-hmm. we had a shitload of green tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I followed a recipe mm-hmm. wherein I 
roasted the tomatoes and then peeled them and got the cores out and then put that in a blender with onion and pepper and I think salt. I think that was it. And I blended it and that was supposed to make a green tomato salsa. Mm -hmm. You said it was flat and flavorless. And then it didn't get better. Well, that was the question. Could I fix (laughs) it? I put it back in the blender. It it started getting better. I said add vinegar and you added vinegar, but I don't think you added the right kind of vinegar because it doesn't taste right. It's... it's... No, that's not what happened. You said add vinegar. Uh I added vinegar. I brought it to you. You're like, ooh, we're moving in the right direction. Uh I also already added some salt Uh and I'd also blended it a lot longer Uh to give it a more liquidy texture. Oh, yeah. Then I put in a little more vinegar because we were moving in the right direction. Uh-huh. That was too much vinegar. Uh-huh. Okay. It, it's not good. I, we ate it though. Did it get eaten? I ate it with chips. I did put it. I remember whatever night you reworked on it, you made something that it went well with. And so I actually did scoop a few good spoonfuls. For me, I couldn't eat it dipping it with a chip, but it was fine on top of some good Mexican food. It all that, got eaten. There you go then. Then what are we talking about? <laughs> So the next unanswered question, you said last week that you knew exactly what to do with the leftover broccoli leaves. Yes, I suggested. <laughs> I suggested in the Aislinn way of suggesting that you make a non-dairy cream broccoli soup. Well, you also asked for it with cheese. Like a good old-fashioned broccoli cheese? cheese soup. Well, Because I... I gave you permission to use the raw cheddar that we can buy at the sure. H-E-B. Raw cheddar cheese that hasn't been affecting you too badly. Correct. However, there's more to come on my gastrointestinal things because it's gotten like... Put on your 3D glasses now. (laughs) It is now time to prepare for Aislinn's stomach So this means I'm Googling... Are we telling the story now or (laughs) or that's a teaser? Continue with the broccoli cheese first. I Googled dairy-free broccoli cheese soup, which sounds like a strange thing to get because cheese and dairy, but there is a growing number of dairy-free substitutions for things like milk and cheese. Mm -hmm. Dairy-free and cheese. There's a whole world of like vegan people that eat very similar like textured foods. Sure. Like that nut queso that I have in there. That I would say, though, nut. that at our grocery store, that is a very small section of the grocery store. In our part of the world. Mm. <laughs> in our part of America. But you have found that raw cheddar cheese that is real cheese, real dairy, that is not bothering you too badly. So I'm going to use that instead of, in this recipe, two suggestions, two brands of a vegan shredded cheese. In any broccoli cheese soup, though, there's going to be milk. So instead, I'm using coconut milk. Yeah. And you're going to want a flavor profile. So this recipe calls for nutritional yeast in addition to some cornstarch and chicken broth. Yeah. Yeah. Salt, pepper, and four to five cups of fresh broccoli florets. I'm not using florets. Yeah. I'm using those leaves and stems that we thought were too tough in that broccoli rice casserole we made last week. Mm Mm-hmm. So while this calls for you to put your florets in raw, I went ahead and pre-cooked those things. I made a stack of the stalks cut up into like broccoli shaped, in broccoli shaped like dinosaurs, (laughs) in broccoli sized pieces that you'd get in a soup like this. And then I minced as good as I could the greens. Mm -hmm. I didn't want them to be big leaves. I want them to be like a broccoli flavor that is distributed throughout. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think? It was good. It was a little bit bitter. That would be my only complaint. So I think from that, the broccoli, I guess. I, honestly, I don't really know, but I think that that's a recipe to work with. Yeah. And I think we should see if we can 
find a way to use a um, a nut cheese of some kind. <laughs> I'm doing that with broccoli florets from the grocery store at this point, though. Well, yeah, but I'm going to have broccoli again. How long will it be before you have broccoli after the freeze killed all the broccoli? Well, it didn't kill all the broccoli. Oh, it, it didn't? Just, it just killed the broccoli that would have been ready the fastest. Oh, okay. So now we're waiting mm, another month. Oh, wonderful. And a half. Okay, well, this goes in a tab for future... Yeah, because when we start having longer daylight hours, stuff's going to start popping. Popping. Our fourth unanswered question was you said you were going to go to the naturopath. Yes. And have a full parasite panel done. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Did you get this done? Because no, I've no, got no, a no, lot no, no, of no. questions. We start, no, no, no. We started because the appointment that I went for wasn't about parasites. I went for um, autoimmune. It's her autoimmune appointment, which is I just wanted to go in. She's got her practice in place now kind of tell her all the things that were going on with me, but we focused on her autoimmune protocols because of what's going on. Specifically what's going on with my stomach is the main thing she wanted to pay attention to. You know, I'm going back at the, the, um, it's not the whole 30 diet. It's even a little bit more challenging hmm. potentially than that. It's the, um, autoimmune diet. Okay. That, raw cheese that you've been talking about like that's um it's coming out. Come out it's coming out yeah and this is and she's also very serious about the reintroduction and the elimination i've never been personally i've been with you but i have not gone to a naturopath so mm -hmm. I, I gonged it here's the cliff notes naturopathic medicine is a system that uses natural remedies to help the body heal itself it embraces many therapies, including herbs, massage, acupuncture, exercise, and nutritional counseling. Mm -hmm. The goal of naturopathic medicine is to treat the whole person. That means mind, body, and spirit. Yep. It also aims to heal the root causes of an illness, not just stop the symptoms. Yep, exactly. Naturopathic medicine is used for a wide range of health issues. Some of the more common ones include allergies, headaches, fertility issues, digestive problems, obesity, hormonal imbalances, yeah. chronic pain, chronic fatigue syndrome, the list goes on and on. Yeah. And so the autoimmune thing is like what that chunk, that last like sentence you read about chronic those, fatigue syndrome. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff. That's all autoimmune stuff. Yeah. That, that is, I mean, most of what, especially women my age are dealing with, it has to do with autoimmune. So some virus we crossed, our body is now and some people's bodies genetically are a little more predispositioned to then begin trying to fight yourself, basically. That's yeah. your immune system is fighting your healthy immune system. That's what begins to happen. And it often has a lot to do with hormones or hormonal imbalances and things like yeah. that. So, like, so that's what's going on with me is that I'm having some hormonal imbalances and they're having to do with autoimmune. So we're going back again to that concept of elimination and reintroduction. I think what we're going to find is that I just have to stick with a very clean diet because of my autoimmune issues. Yeah above and beyond, like even just being a clean eater and wanting to have, you know, the thing I love about, and you were talking about with the naturopath there is, um, my wellness is mind, body, spirit. I cannot do it any other way. It's got to be somebody that I can have all the discussions with. So you go to the first appointment today. So yeah, I went to her, what it was really just a counseling session to discuss what all is happening right now. What are all these things? Why are you here about autoimmune? Cause I picked a specific appointment. Like you were saying that you can go to the therapist in ADHD or, right. you know, uh, recovery or, you know, some of the addiction or something like that. 
Well, it's kind of the same thing, but it's related to the body's, you know, like I'm going in for autoimmune. Mm -hmm. So I'm going, my body is feeling sick. So I want to come to somebody that is going to consider mental health, spiritual health, and body health and how they all affect each other. So that's what we did was spent time. I said earlier, I have this new like visual image of having all these puzzle pieces, kind of throwing them out. I kept saying throwing them up there in the air, but like throwing them out there on the table, right? You throw all these puzzle pieces out there. Well, it's the same thing with an naturopath. Like, hey, I need a team of people that can sit here with me and look at all the puzzle pieces and go, okay, how do we move to the next phase of Aislinn's diet, of her lifestyle, of whatever's going on that's making her feel bad? Mm-hmm. Look at all these pieces and put them back together. And even to the point of like throwing some piece, like, this doesn't belong with this, this puzzle. This doesn't fit anymore. This doesn't fit. So let's get rid of that one. We can let that one go. Why do we keep trying to jam this piece in? It literally doesn't fit there. It doesn't go there. You know, okay, so let's look at it from this other angle. Your perspective is the lady that came to help us do some declutter or reorganizing or mm-hmm. organizing to begin with, yeah. you know, clearing out back some of the household clutter and getting, you know, and yes, we moved in. And it was planting Off season. Off to the races, yeah. Exactly. That's being taken care of. Then I also went over and saw the therapist yesterday as well. That's right. My appointment is in a week. Mm. Well, I will see the gal that I saw again in next week. And she gave me a couple of, she's like, you journal? I said, yes. And she goes, okay, I want you, these two things you talked about, I want you to write about those things. Mm-hmm. Said, okie dokie, I'll do that. It was an interesting, like, unloading, as anyone can imagine, just like um, Aislinn throwing all the puzzle pieces. Like, no, here's the thing. You need to know all the puzzle pieces, and you need to know them all in an hour and a half. You said last week you were going to give her your spiel. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> it's just like, I would say that everyone knows that I believe very strongly in listening to um, divine alignment, uh, the good vibes, all that kind of stuff. And there were so many indicators and synchronicities with the way this woman spoke, um, things about her office. Um, there was all kinds of interesting things that made me feel like I was exactly with and speaking to exactly who I needed to be speaking with. I will say this, that even though I'm spiraling in this concern and physically not feeling well, and just all of these things that I'm spiraling, It's a quick cycling. It's very fast. It's happening very quick. Like I'll feel really great and then I'll feel really down. I'll feel really great and then I'll feel really down. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to be able to bring all these people to the table. I saw a meme today that said, be strong enough to stand alone, smart enough to know when you need help, and brave enough to ask for it. Mm -hmm. One of the things that made me feel really good about thinking about that I had a team assembling. Yeah was that it felt like the team was excited to be on the team. Yeah. Like that they were like, yeah, (laughs) this is going to be a fun ride to help this wellness practitioner, this leader, this woman, this person succeed in getting through this chunk of putting a puzzle back together or whatever it is that we're recalling it right now. Someone wins an Academy Award or something like that and they get up and they thank their team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. I'm going to win an Academy Award. Oh, are and you? Then, yeah, something. I mean, like I am one of those kind of people. There is always that thread of significant, expansive hope, faith, 
yes, like mm-hmm. I haven't even done anything yet. And I, you know, I know I've done a lot. I haven't even done anything yet. Like this, let's, let's, let's go, let's do this. But the, the bravery part of it that comes along where I say that, where I bring up that meme is specific to an exciting part of people like that being on a support team, because what they're seeing is that I'm the kind of person that will tell the world that this is working and this is what we're doing. And these are the steps that we can take. But the only way you can have someone like that is if you have someone that is brave enough to share their pain out loud while they're fixing it, mm. while they're working on it, while they're, you know, taking responsibility for all of the things that are occurring, while they're, you know, pushing the boundaries of everyone they love, seeing it occur, you know, like all kinds of like bravery in these concepts and going back that uh, to that like thread of hope. Yeah. No matter what is occurring in my ups and downs of learning and going through these ups and downs, <laughs> It's a thread of hope that people seek in someone. They said last week that it feels like there's this weird shift in the air. Oof. That people are taking their full body health a little more seriously. I said that people, that I felt there was a lot more people in crisis right now. Mm. And people that are going even to that point of spiraling up and down and up and down. One minute they're the person helping the person in crisis. The next minute they're the person in crisis helping someone. Based on what you're saying, the reason why people are looking and taking their wellness more seriously is because there's more people in crisis. Yeah, I think we're saying the same thing a little differently. Mm-hmm. A lot of people reacted to last week's talk about finding a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning that when I'm honest about it, which might just be me learning this for the first time that other people know, but when I'm not afraid to say, yeah, I'm seeking a therapist, people open up like that. Yeah. About something going on with themselves. That's the thing through that the I'm saying about Through the whole death conversation, brave. through all of it. If you're brave enough to tell the truth about the pain that you're dealing with, because pain, no matter how you talk about it, it triggers people. It triggers everyone. If you tell people you're in pain, it triggers them in many different ways. Attention, you're attention seeking, you're uh, playing the victim, you're uh, brave for standing up for yourself, you're, uh, I'm dealing with the same thing, thank you for saying that. So there's not, it's not all bad, that's what's occurring, but pain triggers us. And that's the point of it, as I understand it theologically. Or physically. The reason why we feel pain because we cut our fingers because the body's saying, look here, mm-hmm. this, this area needs attention. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to mention names here. You can go to our Facebook page where I'm going to read where a couple people commented on a thing. Finding a therapist is harder than it should be, mm-hmm. which is, you know, one of the things we talked about last week. And this feeling of wanting to communicate with somebody outside of your community. And I, I 100% right. understand that. She said, I eventually found one online that I really like. I also like that because that's a big growing emerging thing. Apps and online sure. versions of anyone's sure. practice. We th- discussed that's that. through COVID. My therapist and I discussed that and her feeling it was in alignment with my feeling after she met me the first time, which is I need to be with her in that space. Uh-huh. 
I need to physically be in the room with her most of the time. Not all the time. There's going to be those times where like the best way for us to do this is just to jump on Zoom to do it. But right? she gave you a teleconference option? Yes. So did, so did mine. Yes. And absolutely. I said the same thing you did. Yes. Maybe and we move that direction, but right here at the beginning, let's be in the room together. Well, not only that, but sometimes what the person is looking for from the therapist is actually to have the in-person I need a, per, a physical person to talk to. I need to look you in the eye. Right. I need to be in a safe, secret, private room that isn't in the middle of my house on my laptop or whatever. For me, it's the trust building part of it. Mm, if I, sure. if we establish trust and I establish, you know, this is helpful. Yeah. I might go online. It's, sure. it's easier to do. Exactly. That's but, my point. But look yeah. at the next part. I also like that they are not local and don't know people this I know. This is exactly what I've been saying. And that's almost impossible for some of us. And I understand what she's talking about. It's almost impossible for certain people. <laughs> Another person writes, as a therapist myself, I know it can be frustrating for clients. I wish the whole process was smoother and easier. And that was exactly my frustration. Not just the smooth and the easy, and it's almost the same for finding if you are into like a general practitioner and you don't have one or you just moved to a new city. I, there's a lot of doctors in the phone book, but how do I choose one? Mm. Same thing. Go mm. to the go to the therapist section in the phone book. What's a phone book? <laughs> and it and Google and the internet makes it more confusing because now you know that people that are getting to the top of the list are probably paying to be at the top of the list. That does not make them a better fit for you. I'm really glad that I don't really use much of those kinds of lists to look yeah, people up You've had things. a much different experience no, than because, I did. because I follow my guide. I, I watch for the light. I, sh I, I wait for it to fall into my lap. I ask for it and it arrives. Mm -hmm. I put my hands together and I ask for help and it arrives and I receive it when it shows up. I mean, there were so many synchronicities about this therapist that I found. So I guess that's my frustration in this it's conversation the, is that therapist in the system. In, out in of the the system. system. Yeah. yeah, totally. Let's bring this episode home with our random question of the week. I think this could be a really interesting conversation, which you might have to gong it just so that we can carry it over to next week. But which is the most important virtue? Are you immediately coming up in your head with a list of virtues? No, I only have one. But when you say virtue... That's why I thought this would be an interesting conversation because now we're getting into the word virtue. What does virtue mean? What do philosophers believe virtue virtue is? What does the dictionary say virtue mm -hmm. is? What is virtuosity? What is virtue signaling? What is there's well, some... I, virtues, values, ethics, morals? They all have different definitions. So I'm just right. trying to pinpoint virtue without giving away your virtue. Would you list a few virtues? Um, I think of virtues would be like you are, you care very much about the Caring. environment oh, oh. and uh, you care very much about the environment. Okay. And so you spend a lot of your life focused on communicating about and like advocating for and working at, this is your job. Uh, and, um, patience when, is when a you, virtue. When you do things, you do them for that. I could be wrong. That's what I'm saying. I think you need to look up virtue. But here's the thing is that for me, it's all the same. It's mm -hmm. all the same. There's only one thing. There's only one thing that matters. I know the answer. There's only one thing that matters. I know the answer. What's the answer? Honesty. No. Patience is a virtue okay. is a very popular saying. So along the lines of patience, there's only one thing you say? One. Just one. It's not honesty. Just one. Wisdom. One. Oh, that's the virtue. That's correct. Yeah. I'm gonna have to gong this interconnectedness 
that we are one. That is my virtue. I do everything, everything. All the things I choose that are virtuous, they have to do with the fact that we are interconnected. And how does that work? How does that work? How does that work? Let's look up virtue. Let's look it up because this is what, this is what I would do. These are the things I gong. These are the things I research. I go after. I'm like, okay, this is a big question. Which is the most important virtue? What is virtue? What is that? What does that mean to me? Especially now in this culture when we're virtue signaling and this virtue has become a word that we're using and we're using it against one Virtue another. signaling. Uh-huh. Okay, it's all coming together. Yes. See you next week. Uh-huh. You throw all these puzzle pieces out there. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you.